0: Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and this morning I want to talk with you guys about building a database for your literary agents and why it's important. So the world is filled with literary agents, and I know that they are very selective, and I understand that they get thousands and tens of thousands of query letters a year, You can read those stories on there, the internet. It'll tell you all about, you know, literary agent spotlights where they talk about the business, you know, learning some of that in the industry. You just have to research. And oftentimes when people say, well, where do you start? There's the word again that I want to say to them. It's research. So you do like i do you get up early on a saturday morning before everybody's up in the house and you type in the top 100 literary agents and then you start looking at sites looking at what other authors have already placed on the web that kind of narrow down so especially for your genre like you can type in um top ya author um Top YA literary agents. You can also see who your favorite authors are and who they're represented by what publishing company. Now, just because you see that they're, example for, for some big name publishing company, and you go, well, gosh, you know, maybe I just want a new agent that might be a little hungry. Then you go to those sites and then you see who they're introducing as their newest agents, uh, junior agents that are in those big houses, too. You can also look up the word, you know, agents actively seeking representation. So what I learned about researching is just the way you put the words in and then you rearrange the words and then it's the way that um, you filter and you look for dates. You look for dates when things have been, you know, put out there on the web. And you'll come up with you a mighty fine list, I'm telling you. Well, so once you start seeing the names, then what do you do? Well, first, you have to see if what they're looking for matches your genre. So that way you don't waste your time or theirs. Another thing you need to do is make sure that they're either AAR, authors, of. Uh, associated representatives or they follow and adhere to those ethical guidelines which means that you know they're legit you need to look at their history their publications you need to find out how those sales have been and um just the overall presentation of the, the their websites honestly look at their websites look at their bios go to Publishers Marketplace and start cross-referencing these you know literary agents that you're looking at start just Google searching their names and see what pops up look at their Twitter feeds see how active they seem to be in the writer community then once you do that, you know, once you find a name that really resonates with you and you say, you know, wow, this person, you know, I know I could, uh, add this person to my list. That's like you're saying that you're trusting this person to take care of your work. So it's not just like you pick, you know, randy dandy and you go, okay, there's one, there's one, there's one. Let's add them to it. Let's add them to it. You, you have to be able to filter through and make sure that they're legitimate agencies. Now, if you... I, I remember a story, and I believe it was uh, when I went to hear Nicholas Sparks talk. And he talked about how his agent, she was new, and it was her first sale with him with a notebook. So, don't quote me on that because... Uh, that was a very long time ago when I went to go see that with my aunt. And so, um, I might be completely wrong on it. And I haven't checked back on that story for years. But that just stuck with me. So, there could be some really great um, ages out there that just haven't met you yet. I know there's plenty of them. So, when they say that they're selective... what they represent you be selective on who you send your work to and then the number starts adding up adding up so what happens and and you get lost in who you send it to because because there's so many how can you keep track well I would recommend that you go to Google's sheets um, or do an Excel whichever one that you like and set yourself up some columns Um, first put the uh, agency, then the direct contact of the person in the agency would be next. Then their email. Then the date that you sent it. See, that's important to me because I want to see over time. Well, if it's been because like a lot of them will say, if you don't hear back with us within four weeks, then understand that we can't respond, but we're not interested. Um, and put down you know anything else that you want to put in notes for that particular person, and alphabetize them, and you've got yourself your own database. So if you're querying, you have your secret list of your top 100 agents or so, or more. (laughs) Yes, not just eight, like 100, (laughs) and you start, you start querying. Because, you know, you can only get two answers. You can get a yes, or you can get a no. You can Well, you can get three answers. You can get, I'd like to see more, and then it turn out to be a no or a yes. <laughs> but it's sure not going to grow itself. It's sure not going to, you know, your manuscript's not going to grow legs and start walking out your door and start pitching itself. It's waiting on you to do all this legwork. So don't be intimidated by where do I start. It just starts by understanding that we are authors. We want this as our career. There's ways that we can use our gifts of reading and research and organization and put it to good use. Because we've got to consider this as like a business. And how much are we gonna put into that for it to be successful? We've got to get out there and, and learn the names. We've got to figure out, you know, the ins and outs of what agents look for in query letters. And then we just have to take risk. So I hear, well, it's daunting. Well, it's overwhelming. Well, it's all how you look at it. When I, you know, look at the list, I go, this could be my next best champion coming up. This could be, you know, someone that's going to really fight for my book. Oh, this looks like someone that, or I really like the style of how they said this. And so I encourage you to make your list. And so you might not be like me where you make, like, a list of 100 and send them all out, you know, as quick as you can. You can send them out and you can make your list and you can send them out in chunks where you could say, well, I'm going to send out to the five, my top five. You might not want to alphabetize them. You might want to do it by, these are my, you know... I always send a writer's house first, so I'm going to send a writer's house, and then I'll work my way to different ones or something. I'm just giving you an example. And so if you do that, you know, send out a few, wait a couple of weeks. If you want to send out to a a larger number, I don't think there's a right or wrong to this. Now, there are agents that say that they would like to look at it exclusively, and if you are pitching to multiple agents at a time, you let them know in your personalized query letter to them that you are actively seeking representation and querying multiple agencies. And that's fine. If you say that to them, it's all transparent. You've let them know. And there's other agencies that say, if you have contacted us once, do not then reach out to other agents in the agency and show them the work because if it goes through us one time, then that means that none of us will represent it. So those are kind of like when I said things that you can write down in your notes, then, you know, make yourself a key or or say this is the, you know, me, I would write a book on the side. Let's all that. <laughs> you would just quote me on that, <laughs> and so that way you can keep track of it. There are other agencies where you might say, "Well, I like two or three agents in here that would I would really like for this agency to represent me. They have an excellent track record. You know, I can really see my book along with their titles because what they work with specifically you know matches my passions or my expertise like especially if you're non-fiction or something like that then you know they might not have that on their website so that means that you go ahead and you you message you email you know a and then they come back and say no then you message b they come back and say no so that way when you're creating your list you can, you know, make sure that you include that you want to target that particular literary agency a lot more because that might be some of your top choices. And you can um, check for representation there. I will say that when I did it, I didn't put somebody on my list until after I'd sent the letter out. Now everybody's got their own style but I was scared that okay I would forget where I stopped where I started so I would find a name I would copy you know my query letter into that whatever they asked for the first 10 the first 25 or you know just the query whatever they asked for in their submission guidelines and usually these are extremely clear on the websites so make sure that you're following the agency protocols because you don't want to send a red flag at the very beginning um check for spelling i did spell restaurant wrong on one of my queries uh which was ridiculous because um that's just absolutely an embarrassing typo um but we're not perfect so i live and learn (laughs) um so go through and you know do your editing again before you hit send and if you have Grammarly for your Gmail, that would even be better. Um, create yourself your author Gmail. So that's the one that you're specifically using to send out these query letters. And then I would go back and I'd write the name into my database. And I like to sort them by alphabet, so and then I would sort them. As soon as I would get a confirmation back, whether it was a yes or a no, I would turn them colors. So I'm a very visual person, and and it helps me when I'm quickly looking at something. So when I would see the green, that meant that they asked to look for more. Or if I would see the red, that would mean, nope, didn't happen. Um, With those typical form letters that you receive... Which everybody pretty much receives and it's okay they're busy if you had to send out you know 15,000 letters you couldn't sit and type them personally either so I don't feel bad about getting one of those form letters I don't think it's impersonal at all I think it's just a part of the business so you know continue looking them up continue researching because people are Changing, actively seeking, moving from agencies, starting their own agencies, branching out. They might have been an agent for such and such for ten years and now they're opening up their own and they've brought in a team. So you it's not like you do this one time and you stop. The list is ever changing. And that's good news for you. So I, you know, had a conversation late last night with someone who sent out letters, and they said they got extremely, you know, discouraged, and I said, well, how many letters did you send? And they said, I sent out eight, and I said, oh, hold hold up, hold up, and I'm like, eight? You sent out eight? I'm like, no, 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 you keep going, you keep going, you can't do that, you can't, and so, if you get stuck there and you start feeling discouragement, you need to start looking at author biographies or, you know, author statements about how they got started. Very rarely have I read that someone, you know, pitched a book and then the next day they were an overnight success. Like, they worked that system. They really, you know, full-time worked it and had a lot of rejections and disappointments and and you can go on those those are fascinating like to see that gives me encouragement and then you have to make you know your determination you know am i going to just do eight and give up or am i going to listen to Jennifer and i'm just going to keep pushing it going and trying and researching and refreshing and adding new agents and you know actively looking for this and this, and you'll see how as the months go, agents will then open up, they've made some deals, they're looking to create some new revenue for themselves, so they're actively looking, so it comes in, you know, stages for you, and it's a constant cycle, but once you get the pattern down, you won't be intimidated, once you start doing the research, and you'll be like me. You'll find it fun. You'll be like, I'm waiting to find out my next best champion behind this door. It's like when you open up a literary agency's website, you're like, behind this door. And then you see 15 agents. Well, door number one, is this going to be my next best champion? Is this going to be the champion for me, for my work? And then if it's not, then you move on to door number two, door number three. So making the database, I think, will really help you. It'll help you track your progress. It'll help you see what days you're more active in your research. That's why I said it's important to put your dates down, too. Because then you'll get to see, well, gosh, on that Saturday morning, you know, I was really productive. Well, what made that Saturday morning that way you know why were you more focused there well it's probably because you've just finished that book and you know you're running off of that high of completion and then you may go through a slump and say well I I might just do one or two here and there then you might see well wait if that's a discouragement place on my roller coaster of author life then I know that I need to encourage myself and find you know my motivation And really do some great self-talk, you know, or call others to help support you and just give you some prayer or a word of encouragement as you start back rounding it up and, and going back at it again. So I think that that would be good for you, too, to track. So my challenge for you today is to help others when they're talking about, where do I begin? You know, lean them to this podcast Talk to them about your experiences. Share your own story. Share your databases. If they're in the same genre as you. And so that's where... Like, my friend, she was like, can I see your database? And I was like, of course you can, but you're writing a children's picture book, and my database, you know, was for YA, and here we go. You're going to have a problem with that, but I, I I would love to share with you, and then at least you have the names of the agencies. And I showed her the website where I got most of my list from, the top 100 literary agents. I, like, literally typed that into Google, and I found the best sites that would give me the top 15. I love those things with numbers. Like, I don't know why, but that appeals to me. It was like, you know, the top 50 agents looking for YA, the top 100, the top this, the top that. And I kind of filtered from those. Where people were already being, hopefully, um, authors being selective, to then me having to filter through their work to see well what you know what are they actively or currently seeking at that time when I'm looking for them because that could change too. Their interests could change, or the next wave of you know books could come along, and because I write diverse books, you know, and I don't do it because that's the wave. I do it because. That's what I write. You know, that's actually really, you know, in the market right now, people are looking for books like that. So that's changed even from, you know, before when I was looking to have representation on my books, when those were words that were not used, now they are, which I'm very proud to see. So get out there. I challenge you to encourage people. Start your research if you haven't already. If, um, if you want to shoot me an email it's jenlowrywrites at gmail.com and let me know what your querying process has been or you got some tips for our listeners um, let me know and I'll feature it on the podcast so um, good luck with everything just don't give up hope and uh, have a blessed day bye